podcasting from Northwest Pennsylvania. You're listening to the Gen Extra Podcast, a show about Generation X, movies, technology, weird news, and anything else they feel like. Join them every Monday morning. Now, here's your hosts, Dave and Joe. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Gen Extra Podcast. That was like so. Yeah, that was so weird. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's that'll be a good one. We'll have to, we'll have to replay that one on re- uh, repeat a couple times. Yeah, as much as I want to go back and uh, uh, do that over again, I'm not gonna. Got to keep it. Gotta <laughs> yeah. keep it. Do the podcast. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh, dude. Okay. All right, we're back. Yeah, if you're uh, again, blah, blah, blah. my God. Okay, if you're uh, if you're new to the show, uh, thanks for checking us out. If you're a longtime listener, welcome back. And uh, yeah, we have a bit of a show planned for today. Not yeah. that we threw it together last minute because we never we do did that. not we ne- we did not do that. Mm-mm. We planned we planned at least I'd say like I think maybe 15 minutes before the show this time. Yeah, yeah, it was a while. <laughs> yeah, leading, no, to be fair to- though, we actually one of the topics that we'll be talking about today we did talk about ahead of time and yeah. prepare to talk about it so we are not walking into today just you know throwing our papers on the desk and going what do we got yeah yeah exactly yeah we're we're fine we got this uh but yeah so we are going to talk a little bit about uh the titan uh submersible tragedy that uh, we recently found out uh, did not end the way everybody hoped there's too much there to not talk yeah about. Yeah, we can't just gloss over it and pretend, you know, it didn't happen. Uh, but we'll talk about that in a minute. And we're also going to talk about another weird uh, ocean story I saw. Did not so end. So two ocean, two ocean stories. One obviously way worse than the other. But True. Uh, and I have a couple, a couple of news stories I found, which I will get into. And we also have a, uh, since it's summertime, we found a top 10 list of uh, camping essentials. Yeah. It's camping season, Joe. It is. It's also the season that I have. I know nothing about. <laughs> I know nothing about camping. And the only thing I know yeah. about camping is that you take a tent. Well, that's that's if you go camping, camping, which we do. Yeah. Like, we've done which both. you do, yeah. Yeah, we've talked about this on, on prior shows. We, uh, we do enjoy the primitive camping. By primitive, I just mean there's no running water or electricity. So that is rather primitive. Uh, but man, do we drag along so much stuff to make our lives as comfortable as possible. And uh, we're going to go over a list to see if uh, maybe there's things that I'm forgetting because we are camping yeah. next weekend. Maybe you can have, maybe you'll have more to drag with you by the time we're done with this list. God, I hope not. Because it's already, it's a lot. Like it's a lot to do. Uh, or actually, maybe, maybe we'll help you with your list. Maybe. I mean, I'll probably have things to add to it, honestly. Oh, I, well, I over prepare for camping like, yes, like too much sometimes. It, yeah, actually, just recently, uh, I got our air mattresses out mm. because the last time that uh, our buddy Steve was here, he was uh, crashing on one of the mattresses and uh, it had a hole in it. So by the time he oh. woke up in the middle of the night, he was like, he was hot dog bunned in, in the air <laughs> he was mattress on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> so then I'm like, well, I'll get the other one out. Well, the next one had a hole in it too. So he ended up just sleeping on the couch. But uh, so I got, I, so I knew both of those air mattresses were messed up. So I got them both out, pumped them up. And I'm like, I got to find these holes. So I took like an hour, found the holes and I uh, got it all patched up nice. So I got that taken care of. There you go. There's a little Good. little side note for uh, my so camping. You're, prep. So, you're, so you'll be taking that one with you. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. It'll be gone. Uh, so, Joe, uh, your wife just left the house, and she's going to a Dave Matthews concert, is it? She is. She is heading to uh, the Dave Matthews concert over, I think it's Burgettstown, uh, with her mom. Oh, awesome. Do you like Dave Matthews? You know, that's always a tricky question to answer because I like old Dave Matthews. I like the Dave Matthews that I grew up with, like the like the night like uh, their. Uh, you know, I think that's first Dave couple Matthews. of albums. I think that's one that I don't like. I don't even know if I know new Dave Matthews. But well, if you don't like old Dave Matthews, how are you going to like new Dave Matthews? Well, I, mean, I don't know. I'm, Is did he change the way he sings at all? A, a bit, a bit. I mean, okay. I've heard both old, medium, and new. Dave Matthews. And I, I guess, so the thing about Dave Matthews music is you can always, you can always kind of tell it's the Dave Matthews band, right? Oh, they, yeah. Their sound hasn't changed so much that, that like, you're like, I could, didn't even know that was them. I mean, they have a couple oddball songs here, oddball songs here, or there, but the thing is what's kind of changed a little bit over the last 30, what, 30 years, 20 some years. So I, I don't know the the difference, the difference between his, his old and new stuff is I just, I don't know. I just don't like the way that they write as much anymore. I think if I listen to their older stuff, mm -hmm. I thought the songs were more lively and more interesting. And they had, this sounds weird to say, but I think it was more interesting and, and easier to listen to. I think their newer stuff kind of drones on a bit. Okay. Like they use a lot. It just kind of goes on and on and on. And it just, it's not as interesting. It's, it's kind of hard to describe. It's kind of like that whole, you know, a lot of bands go through that, right? The older stuff or their first couple albums are always yeah. We talked about new this and many fresh. bands. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we've done that. We've done this before, right? And I, and I think the same thing applies to Dave Matthews. And but it doesn't make it bad. It's just not for me. Yeah, I don't know. Like I, his the way his style of singing, I never really, I never really loved. It is because I'll embarrass myself trying to imitate him. But it's the. Uh, it's that style where he's like, boo -dee, boo -dee, doo. you know, like he goes up and <laughs> down. You know what I'm talking about? Like yes, he, he does yes, that. I don't yes. even know any of the words where I try and sing the song, but he just has such a weird style of singing that I never, like it never attracted me to want to listen to it. <laughs> okay. That was, I, honestly, I think your imitation was, was not that far <laughs> off. Right, okay. As soon as you did that, as soon as you did that, there was like a, there was like a couple different songs that <laughs> yeah. immediately popped into my head. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 So not a fan, but I, I mean, I don't think he's a bad musician. I just don't like his style as well. Super, super talented. Absolutely. Yeah. No doubt. It's just that I can't, pop on a newer Dave Matthews album and listen to it. Just doesn't, it just doesn't entertain me. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll move on though. We don't need to, uh, you know, turn this yep. into a Dave Matthews critique. Dave Matthews band critique show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One more thing before we jump into our, uh, our story here. The other day, Breeze and I were, were playing a game together and we're, we made a joke about, about watch parties. Are you familiar with these? Watch parties. That's uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's when everyone gets together and watches something, whether online or together, right? It's, together makes sense. Like, hey, you want to come over and watch the new, you know, whatever movie. That that's fine. That that's called watching a movie together. But the whole like the whole you know quote unquote watch party they have. On, I think I've seen on, like Amazon. I'm not sure who else does it. Have you ever used this feature? Ever? I don't. No. <laughs> no. Neither. I don't know who has. No, I have. I have not. Like I'm wondering, is it just a feature that exists that nobody ever calls their friend up and they're like, hey, let's have, maybe people do. And like, I'm just, maybe I'm missing out on this amazing feature. And 
I, I don't know though. I just, I think it's an odd thing to do because I, I the idea behind it sounds kind of cool where like you and I could watch a movie together. I invite you to a watch party and apparently one of us hits play and it's going at the same time. And but wait, what are we, what are we watching? And are we watching it via Netflix or whatever? Yeah. Or, okay. Yeah. So we can watch the movie together at the same time, but then what do we do? Like, do we, like leave our phones like on or something so we can talk to each yeah, other. Yeah, are we supposed to converse and ignore the movie while we're watching it? Because I, I it, don't know. Or is how the you novelty are. of it just knowing that the, your friend is watching it at the same time you are? <laughs> like I don't yeah. know. You know what I mean? I, I know. I don't. I don't get it. I don't get it. I kind of disconnect from that a little bit because one of my pet peeves, and and I probably take this. My wife says I take this to an extreme, is that. I absolutely, during a movie, cannot stand distractions of any kind whatsoever. I believe but that, yeah. If it's somebody leaning over to me to ask me a question or somebody behind me in the theater who's who's eating or touching their popcorn or bags, I just, inside, I am like burning up. Oh, you'd hate so, to watch a movie with me. Oh, I, <laughs> maybe, maybe a so what I'm saying is, is that like, if we were doing a watch party, right? Yeah. And, I, and I'm assuming like on the app, you can text or talk to people. Maybe, if, maybe there's a chat. Yeah. Maybe a chat program in there. If, if people keep trying to talk to me, I'll be like, well, stop, stop it. it. Yeah. Cause we, we, you'd feel inclined to have comments throughout the movie. Like, well, that was dumb. Yeah. Uh, what'd you think about that part? Like I'm trying to watch it, dude. So no, I get that. I don't, I don't love distractions either. Uh, but no, I'm, I'm, I'm a bag of popcorn muncher. Uh, I'll pause the movie and talk about a scene. <laughs> oh god oh god no oh yeah yeah or, or like you know we're sitting there trying to figure out like who a certain character is yeah i don't know i, think, I don't think we're fit to watch movies together joe well don't worry i'm probably not fit to watch <laughs> movies with anybody because if any time even my my poor wife every time she leans over she's like what happened in the previous movie or who's that person i'm like just 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 watch the movie oh yeah, yeah. Right. oh i'm sure I, I could hear the conversation right now so I'm like, Joe, yeah, I'm just, right. I'm just asking a question. I'm like, I'm like, honey, just watch the movie. <laughs> Talk about it when it's done. Yeah. Oh my god. All right. So yeah, there you go. All right. So let's let's uh, let's shift gears here. We're gonna jump into uh, what was it the 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 Titan the tragic Titan incident? Yeah. Took place uh, in the Atlantic Ocean uh, at the uh, at the wreckage site of the Titanic. I'm certain anybody listening to this show right now has heard the story. They know that the uh, you know it, it ended tragically with uh, five people yeah. uh, losing their lives in that little submersible submarine thing. It's not even a submarine, just a submersible tube. I mean it. It was a. It was a like you could call it a submarine. You could call it a submersible. Essentially, in this case, they mean the same thing. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah. So our you know hearts go out to all the people that were involved in that that lost their lives and all their families. It's terrible. And, you know, it's not going to be, uh, uh, you know, easy for them to, to swallow this whole entire thing because obviously this is something that's avoidable by just not doing that. Uh, you know, it's not a terrible tragedy like, you know, you know, like a, I don't know. I mean, you can't really chalk it up to like. Sure, sure, sure. Like, you know, like a car accident, you know, because that's different. Everybody's driving cars around, you know, that kind of stuff happens yeah. and it's terrible. Yeah. But this is like 100%, you know, well, something you can really avoid. But they didn't. They don't know that going into it. This, this whole story, it has so many layers of of things that it does. You can talk about. I'll let you start with some of the logistics of this whole entire thing and maybe where it went okay. wrong. I don't know because I know I know you dove into it way more than I did. No problem. I I have spent and and again this is 
not because this is not because you know I'm looking to pump up bad news or to like to like get revel in in something terrible that happened to to like the families or whatever, but just the the entire concept of this submarine interested me when I first heard that it had gone missing because I didn't. I mean, did you know that this company called Ocean Gate? had tours basically underwater tours of the titanic did you know i didn't know i had caught wind of this somewhere along the way like i knew this existed okay uh i did not know much you know if anything about it other than that it existed like i think i saw like an article or something where they were like well, you know where they were CBS, building it yeah cbs went there a couple times and then cbs even took a ride on it and i think it was 2018 um in one of its like initial voyages or whatever but like that's kind of where the story begins. The sub itself, like the more I dug into this, and, and again, this is not to downplay the tragedy or anything, but the more I dug into this, as you were getting to earlier, this just looks like, and all the evidence is pointing to a disaster, just waiting to happen because the submarine itself, and again, you, you kind of have to understand submarines and everything, but one of the major factors here is that the, you know, the, the millionaire or billionaire CEO that, that, that started this submarine tourist company, he designed something that most professionals in the field told him not to do. Yeah. yeah. They said, don't build it that way. Yep. It, I saw those articles too. Yeah. That they were, <clears throat> even after he built it, they like, there were strong recommendations from people in the, in the, uh, in the industry that said, you know, don't, don't yeah. use this thing. Like, yeah, it, like the, I'm not trying to a, laugh. I'm just, cause it's, you know, the, the irony of it, you know, now let, let, let me point to a couple things on this that again, again, this is not about the families of those who's dead. This is just about the science of submersibles, yeah. right? That's what this is concentrating on the, the most of the hull, you know, the, the, the part where the passengers and the pilot would sit the porthole in the front, or the, you should say like the, the window or piece in the front was titanium, but 90% of the hull basically was carbon fiber. And there's a reason that m most sub companies, whether they are what, you know, most professional submarine and submersible builders mm -hmm. don't build out of carbon fiber. And because carbon fiber, while it is, look, so the CEO had a good, so they did a lot of interviews with him and he was defending a lot of his decisions about what he was building it out of, saying how he broke the rules and he figured out a way to use carbon fiber that everyone told him wouldn't work. And if you know the, just the basics of the engineering, because then I went down a rabbit hole of the engineering, mm -hmm. right? Carbon fiber is great until it's not. It is an incredible material as long as it's not stressed or damaged in a certain way. Right. And the very moment that that happens, carbon fiber essentially falls apart. And when I saw the news Friday, or was a couple days ago when they, when they found the remains of the sub, everybody in like the engineering community said basically that they were waiting for that news because it seems like what happened was is that carbon fiber part we'll know more later but most signs are pointing to the fact that i guess i should say the design that he was told not to do mm -hmm. is the literal thing that failed wow at least at least that's what the evidence is pointing to now but a couple other things about this sub that just absolutely blew my mind is when CBS went there in 2018 and they were reviewing it. Like if you think, think about this, you know, when you get it on an airplane mm -hmm. and everything is like double and triple redundant, 
like you you might not know this, but there are literally like three systems to control all the all the flaps and control arms and throttle. Like everything can break like twice. Right before before it, before it fails. Right, right, and that's the way the airplanes are designed. And most submarine companies and sub you know submersible builders do most of the same things. They use different steels and 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 different co composites, and everything is like double and triple redundant. This thing wasn't built like that at all. I don't think it had it any had, backup sources of any kind. No, everything was single system. Yeah. Everything. And and there was this one engineer, engineer was talking about, it. he's like, if this thing didn't, sadly, of course, if it didn't implode on itself, any other number of things could have happened to this vessel and it never would have come back to the surface. And just knowing that is terrifying. Yeah. The one thing I was wondering too was like, let's say there was, there was a way that they got themselves free and this thing floated, like it floated back to the surface. If they were yeah. able to, uh, I don't know, make it like, I'm sure there was a way to drop weight or something. Maybe, I don't know. Right, right. To bring it back. Okay. And let's say it's bobbing around on the surface, which they were looking for. That was a possible. Yeah, they, thought, they thought possibly that happened. They couldn't just rule it out. So they had to, right. they had to be searching the surface of the water for this thing. And I thought if, if that is the case, if that did happen, they are literally bolted into this thing. There is no way out. I'm like, they could, they could die of a uh, uh, of lack of oxygen. Oxygen, a fire internal to the to the vessel. Yeah, and they could not get out if that was the case. Like that was I, when I, I was know, crazy I to me. That, I read that. And I was like, what? Yeah, like I'm talking. It's like a like a a, a ratchet that you would use for like putting on like a. Uh, like tires on your car, like they're like, bah, 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 bah. you know, they're bolting this thing, this whole door yeah. on, and then that's it. You're stuck until someone unbolts you. Crazy. Ab absolutely terrifying. And and not only did I not know about th this company, but once I understood how this thing was made, when you start to go down the, the, the rabbit hole of understanding all of the components and how this thing was built, it's just terrifying, especially because I don't know if you know this, or maybe our listeners might not know this, Titanic is actually a a very difficult location to get to. It's not like the the Titanic is 500 meters down or whatever. Uh, the Titanic is no, nearly 4,000 meters beneath the surface. Yeah, it's like what two and a half miles. Something it like takes that. almost yeah. It takes in a, in a in a tiny submersible. It takes like two hours to get there, and the pressures at that depth are unfathomable. Yeah, like that. <clears throat> You know, I, I was thinking too about the whole thing, and again, I'm, I, it's such a, a a subject you have to kind of you know be delicate with. Yeah. But you know, if they were going to go, uh, you know, not survive this trip, I I don't think I would have wanted to to find out that they just ran out of oxygen down there because that would have been horrible. That, that would have been worse. The the implosion would have been, I'm guessing, and from what I've seen from other people, like instantaneous. You know, because it would have just happened so fast. That, yeah, I guess if I that's that if that's well. gonna happen, that's gonna be the way that you'd want to go. I guess. My God, this is, I hate even talking about it. Like, well, no, and I, I, yeah, but but I mean, it's a factor that that we had to because a lot of people were worried about them running out of oxygen, and right. a lot of the look. I'm just telling you what the news is reporting. A yeah. lot of a lot of the news guidelines were like, if they've run out of oxygen, that's worse, or they died of a gas leak or a fire inside yeah. the tube, that's worse. You know, than an implosion. Like yeah. Yeah, like that. I mean, nobody likes any ending here, but uh, I mean, you just want to consider all the factors when talking about it. Yeah. 
Yeah. So what else you got on this, uh, this story? So we don't, uh, you know, dra- well, drag me, the show let, down too far. Let, let me, let me end it this way. Yeah. There are safe and effective ways to go as far as 13,000 meters into the ocean. Uh, they have done it with submersible, properly built submersibles and, and water, you know, submarines that, that do that. But it's, it has to be done. It's like going into space, right? Yeah. You'd never, you'd never, you're not going to go to space and you're in, in a Ford Explorer, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Like all taped up. Yeah. You know, that's not a good idea. And I, I, I'm, it's terrible what happened here, but I hope my, 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 my hope is that if we are going to continue to see things like deep sea tourism and even space tourism and stuff, I hope people use this as a lesson to protect people moving forward. Right. And not, and not, and not, I don't necessarily want people shy away from what I'll call extreme tourism, mm-hmm. but I also hope that they use it as a lesson of what things can happen. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, this will be definitely a lesson learned, you know, sadly at the cost of five people's lives. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so there you have it. The, uh, uh, yeah, the Titan. Rest in peace, all the uh, passengers. Yes. So there you go. All right. Well, let's uh, let's move on, Joe. Something a little bit yep. uh, that ha- has a little better ending. Take take this in a completely different direction. Sort of. It still happened in the ocean. Uh, I oh, found. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Go ahead. So I found this article uh, titled uh, "Whale Swallows Two Kayakers Off the California Coast," and there's actually video. Uh, so you can really? yeah yeah if you get on YouTube and look it up. Um, look up, you know, kayaker swallowed by whale. This uh, this blue whale, I think it was, uh, came came up below. Let me see if it was a blue whale. I don't think it really matters. Oh, a humpback. Okay, a humpback whale. Uh, two kayakers. It came up from underneath them with his mouth wide open and swallowed them into his mouth, but did spit them back out. So as you know, okay. you know, uh, humpbacks and most whales eat like krill, you know, shrimp, stuff right. like that. Uh, so yeah, it didn't, uh, it didn't take him for a ride like Pinocchio. Uh, wasn't Pinocchio in a, in a whale mouth? Didn't he do that? Was that Pinocchio? Yeah, yeah, it was Pinocchio. Pinocchio okay. got swallowed by a whale and he lived in there for like a month or something. Yeah, yeah, that didn't happen to them. Yeah, so they... Uh, some people in there something about finding Dory or finding Nemo. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're in there talking to the whale. Oh, right. But the good news is here, just to make things clear, I'm, I'm looking, I think, the same article you are. They did live. And this actually happened. This actually happened back in 2020. Oh, was that long ago? Yeah. But oh, what happened is... That's 2023. The, uh, this is the two, two kayakers near the beach, right? Yeah. Unless this is a different one. This happens... It's, this happens more often than this time. Right. Maybe it's that time of year. The one I'm looking at, and I think we're oh, looking at old, the same one. Old whale, uh, old whale season uh, where they're eating all the kayakers. I know. you got to be careful out there. Your kayak looks like a, like krill and fish. Apparently. Right? Now, yeah. It, no, they did get spit back out, though, right? Yeah. Yeah, They it, it let them go. Yeah, it did. You know what's the interesting thing about whales? What's that? Is that apparently this is just something that not to think they go around swallowing kayakers and humans, but I, I find a little link here to some of the science behind this. Whales will generally do that. They'll try to swallow something 
And if it's bigger than what they're used to swallowing, they'll spit it back out immediately. It's just, you just hope that whatever they spit back out, if it's human, hasn't been catastrophically hurt during the process. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure it's not the most delicate thing to have happen to you. Uh, No. It's probably, it'd be horrifying. I know. I'm watching this video and I'm going, what are you, even the person taking it didn't even know how to respond. Right. It was just like, did that just happen? Uh, yeah. Like there's, there's nothing you could do. It would happen so fast that like, by the time you realized that there was, you were going to be inside of a whale's mouth, you'd be in the whale's mouth. Yeah. Oh, like aside from, you know, sharks, now you got to worry about whales. Like were, it, were they out there looking for the whales? Is that what they were doing? No. From what I can tell from the story, the kayakers were just, it's like a bay. Basically it's like a, it's like a an, an inlet of some sort where apparently it's deep enough for for ocean dwelling creatures to still get into. Apparently, very deep. Yeah. Yeah. Where a whale can go vertical and uh, swallow you. <laughs> I mean, and if anyone's listening to this, this is legitimate. Like you, and it's not. It wasn't CGI. I did Snopes it just to make sure that it's real. It really did happen. In at least the one I'm looking at happened in 2020, and there is a literal video of it, and it's pretty terrifying. And it's crazy because no one knows how to take it because what they just saw, they're not sure if they just, what they just saw. Right. (laughs) Yeah. You're like, did did that really happen? Like, there's no way. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's horrible. So yeah, that's, uh, that's that story. Uh, I want to keep, keep moving along here. Two, um, ocean stories down. Yeah. Let's hear a clock ticking. We watching like 60 minutes. No, I, I don't know. I thought I heard something. Okay. Uh, anyway, so I do have one more, one more quick story and then we're going to move on to our, uh, uh, our list. I, I, I do have a funny thing I saw on a, on a movie, on a movie that's coming out right now too. But anyway, so, uh, real quick, this other story, I'm like rambling. A guy inherited, uh, his father-in-law's property. I don't know if you saw the story or not after he'd passed away. And when they were, uh, when they were going through the house, like cleaning it out, stuff like that, they went into a crawl space. And they found, they found some pennies in this crawl space. Do you know how many pennies they found, Joe? So it's a crawl space? So yeah. I don't know, uh, hundreds of thousands of pennies? You're pretty close. They found approximately one million copper pennies. Okay, a million copper pennies. All right, and they, they were, I'm assuming they just got dropped into this crawl space. Well, he was hoarding them. Like he was, he was keeping these pennies on purpose. Because uh, he would he would save all the copper pennies uh, that he would come across over the years and years and years of doing it, uh, end up with uh, approximately ten thousand uh, dollars worth of you know pennies, but the the copper value of the penny was around like twenty five thousand bucks. So each one was worth about like two point five cents in copper. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So the copper was actually the valuable part. I mean, obviously the penny's worth a cent. Yeah. Yeah. So they're uh, they're gonna try and uh, sell the copper pennies. So there you go. Would you imagine? It was, it was about sixty five hundred pounds worth of pennies. That's just crazy, dude. Uh, you imagine finding that many pennies if you like went into like you know someone's house and uh, had to clean it out, and there was a freaking million pennies you had to deal with. That's a lot it's, of pennies. I mean, I guess when so okay. So here's the question then: What do you, do you scoop them? Do you vacuum them? Do you just get a shovel? I mean, uh, probably. They a, a, it depends on how you found them. Yeah. Right. Right. If they were like in bags and stuff, that'd be great. Uh, but yeah, like you wouldn't be vacuuming up that many pennies. 
<laughs> your vacuum cleaner wouldn't support <laughs> 6,500 yeah. pounds of pennies. Uh, no, you'd be shoveling them like into into buckets and you know five gallon buckets, dude. That'd be so heavy. It'd be so heavy. You know how like do you, do you have a change container in your house? I do, I do. Yeah, like I think every every house has one or two, right? Yeah, yeah. We have like a five gallon jug, uh, like a like a water jug that we put our, our change into, uh, like like a Culligan jug, and it's got uh, maybe like four or five inches worth of coins on the bottom of it. And dude, that thing's heavy, and it's not even remotely close to full. So I couldn't imagine like the the weight of you know even like a, a just a, like a small bag of pennies would be it'd be so heavy. So yeah, that'd be super annoying to have to deal with. It'd be great if it was like quarters. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I mean, okay, so that's right. I mean, that's a significant value change. Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> I hear it's twenty five times as much. Mm, it is. <laughs> so, anyway, we don't need to talk about that anymore. So uh, the other thing I want to mention real quick before we get into our uh, our top ten camping essentials, Joe. Ooh, uh, nice! All the stuff that you love, and I'm like, <laughs> not so much. But yeah, I think the list is interesting nonetheless. Yeah. All right. So what I saw, uh, I, I saw this on like Instagram or TikTok or something. They were they were poking fun at this uh, uh, this new Chris Chris Hemsworth movie that came out. It's called Extraction Two. Okay, uh, so that means that that means it's the second extraction movie. Yes, it is. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's the it's sequel. Not extraction two, T O O. Right. <laughs> no, not T O O. <laughs> that would be a great title, though. Um, but uh, no, so there was this there's this meme that's going around where we're in this movie. Chris Hemsworth was he was in like a firefight of some kind, and lots of lots of gun fights in this movie. Apparently, so he picks up this like garage door. Okay. And there's this metal runged, like straight ladder that comes down to the ground with like, you know, you know, the half inch, you know, size, like rungs on it that you walk up, yeah. uh, little, little round, you know, steps. And he hides behind it to evade gunfire. Wait. <laughs> it, it's the most ridiculous thing wait. I've ever seen. He, so hold on, hold on. He, he wait, he gets behind the ladder. Yeah. So he, he shoots and then he, he kind of ducks behind this ladder as they're as they're firing more rounds at him well you don't really duck behind a ladder you just kind of you have mm -hmm. to see it if i bet if you got on youtube right now and you looked up uh extraction two ladder scene you would probably find it because dude it is it is comical to see how stupid this looks on film <laughs> you have to let me know if you find it but dude okay are you looking it up right now i i just see i just see trailers for it i, oh. I haven't found it Hold oh. on, let me just get this straight. I just want to make sure that I'm not misreading or mis misinterpreting what you're saying because it sounds ridiculous. So you can okay? see you can see right through the ladder the guys that he are shooting him. He uses a ladder for cover to like a wall. Yeah. Is he aware <laughs> the ladders have massive <laughs> gaps in them? I don't know. That's what makes it so funny is that he decided to use this for cover. And but like legitimately. And then he comes back around the ladder and continues to fire as if it was like a big brick wall. It's so stupid looking. You have to, I can't wait to watch this movie just for, to see that scene like happen in real time. I have to see it just to get the context. But you know what? This kind of makes me think about other absolutely ridiculous scenes in movies. Oh, I mean, you and I have been, oh, have we just been talked watching. about one. We talked about one last episode with, uh, with, with uh, Speed where they did, where they ramped that the 50, 60 foot gap, whatever it was. Yeah, right. Also the, the a gap ridiculous that, scene, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, and and I think I think you said the physics in that somebody when they test the physics. Oh yeah, the, the bus, the bus yeah. would have almost immediately nosed right down. Oh yeah, they're all been dead. Yeah, I think. Yeah. So do you have any? Do you have any on, on top of yes. your head there? Yes, I do. I actually do. There's a couple here that I'm thinking of. Have you made like a mental comes, note? <laughs> I, I I might have a mental or pencil mm-hmm. note. Okay. Right. One of the things that's coming to my mind, and this is a pretty infamous scene, and I, I think other people have talked about it before, but there is an Indiana Jones movie mm-hmm. where I believe a nuclear explosion goes off, and Indiana Jones gets in a refrigerator. He gets I in think a fridge. It's, Which one was it's this? The, it's one of the newer ones. It's Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Oh, my God. And, and this is, and I, remember, this is kind of where Indiana Jones kind of went off the, the deep end a little bit. There's another scene in that movie I'll talk about too that was absolutely absurd. But go ahead. Look, so I and I've seen this scene and it is ridiculous. It, it's right up there with the you know this whole concept of ridiculous and implausible movie scenes because a, a nuke is about to go off, and he gets in a refrigerator. And that's how he saves sur- himself to survive it. Now, okay. And, now, did the nuke? Did it hit? I don't remember the scene that well. Did the nuke hit the fridge like with like full impact? Oh, that's the, that's the other part of this, of this scene too. It's not just like, oh, he was on the edge of like the nuclear blast and he just need a little bit of protection. He got flung hundreds of yards. In the fridge? In the refrigerator. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) I got to watch this again. I mean, it's like, it's, it's like like a low ball toss across the ground. Like Mm -hmm. it's, it's like a hundred, like it's like, it's almost like if you kind of like underhand something, Mm -hmm. right. And you, but instead you're able to throw it like hundreds of yards you know, and it's kind of rolls. And like in the end of the scene, he like the door pops open and he comes rolling out of it. Like, I'm fine. Like no big deal. That no, totally worked. Fine here. <laughs> yeah. We're, oh we're all God. fine here now. How are you? I right? want to see this again because the only scene I really remember from this movie, I think I've only seen it once. It was the scene, uh, like I said, same movie uh, where Shia LaBeouf was his son, I think in that movie. And there was a part where he, he had to catch up to, a car or something like he, he was trying to get from somewhere in a hurry. And so what he decided to do was I remember he started swinging with like monkeys on these vines through this jungle. He looked like he was like Tarzan and it made no sense when I saw it. And it looked like it looked absolutely ridiculous that he would even be able to accomplish this. And it was, it was so much CGI. It looked so bad, dude. It was terrible. But yeah, yeah. Which one? Which one was this? Same movie. It was the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. So oh, it was it was Chris? I don't remember that scene, but like that. Okay, so that's that's two for two for that. Movie. Yeah, I'm sure there's more. Like I need to watch All this right. again. I've got I've got actually got a really funny one here okay. that I at least at least I think is funny. So in this entire implausible scene and movie scenario, apparently, and I I haven't seen this, so I'm going to bounce it off of you. You tell me if this is true or not. Fast and Furious Six. Have you seen it? Yeah. Oh, six. No, I don't think I've seen that far yet. Okay. So there is apparently a scene in Fast and Furious Six that where a couple of you know, the the good guys right in the movie take down a tank and an airplane on a runway. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it, it's already not off to a good start, right? And now again, I'm not I'm not here. I don't want to downplay action movies and stuff all that much. I love them as just as much. But this scene really sticks with me for a particular reason, at least from what I've seen described here. Apparently, a couple of cars take down a tank and an airplane, okay, during this scene. But here's like one of the weirdest, funniest things about the scene. 
if you actually watch the scene, and and I think the cars are going like the tank and the cars are doing you know upwards of you know anywhere you know like anywhere from like fifty to eighty miles an hour or hundreds like while this scene is going on right okay. they're, tank, you know, they're steering huh? all over the place yeah well the tank the tank itself too I think tanks top out at around I think maybe fifty five they go that fast or so yeah they go pretty fast huh. an M one A one Abrams tank is not slow okay but if you actually record the distance that the that the ground vehicles travel in this scene. They travel about 27 miles. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> like it's such a long scene. Yes. And, and it's something your brain doesn't pick up on when you're watching the movie, but someone actually did an analysis of that scene and the entire scene is around 27 miles long. <laughs> and it's supposed to be a two mile runway. Right. Oh, that's pretty funny. You know, I think I've seen stuff like that before where you know they the scene goes on too long for the whatever wherever they're at on at the yeah, scene. Yeah, right. Yeah, I've seen that before. And what I like I love too is is when they show when they, like a lot of movies do this too where they show the speedometer and they show the intensity of the driver and he's doing like 80 mile an hour and they show him going through a neighborhood <laughs> yeah. and he's literally you could tell he's doing like 25 mile an hour. Like it looks so bad. They just they do something with the way they shoot it like where they quick pans and yeah, I'm like, and they there speed is, up the footage. Yeah, I'm like, there's no way dude is going 80 through that neighborhood. Like, you, it, it would look so different. Yeah, so I get it, though. Like, they have to be safe. But anyway, go on. I have to, I have to add something to that. This is not a movie, but it's a scene. Uh, it goes, it, it, it talks about the exact phenomenon you're talking about. And we're going all the way back to the 1980s, and we're talking Knight Rider. Oh, you yeah. remember Knight Rider? Yeah. There is a scene in Knight Rider. I don't know what season it is. It's like season two or three, mm -hmm. where after Knight Rider, he, the car gets gets a gets an upgrade called Super Pursuit Mode. Right <laughs> now, if you okay, so for those listening who've never heard of it, Knight Rider is star David Hasselhoff, David Hasselhoff in the 1980s, and the whole premise of the show was that he had a he had a very fast car, but the car was also intelligent, mm -hmm. right? And they would mm -hmm. use this very fast car Michael. to catch, to yeah, exactly, just like that, yes, yeah. to catch criminals. Mm -hmm. It was a so great car. This, Everybody wanted the kit car. Oh my God, the kit car is amazing. And it's been, you know, I think they tried to reboot the series several times in the late 80s and 90s, and it never worked. It didn't but, work. No. But the classic Knight Rider, classic Knight Rider in the 1980s was great. But in this scene, Michael is chasing somebody or they're trying to get to the scene of a crime mm -hmm. and Kit suggests to use their super pursuit mode, right? <laughs> Michael, so, would you like to use our super pursuit mode? Right. That's pretty much exactly how it is. And, <laughs> and, and of course, you know, Michael says, yes, yeah, let's use it. Okay. Sure, remember yeah. these are city streets. Like this is not like a country road or whatever, right? These are city streets. Mm -hmm. So he hits the button for super pursuit mode. And the car, they show the speedometer in the car and they're doing like, they're doing outside shots and inside shots and outside and the speed keeps going up and up and up. And you got to remember this whole time too, little odds and ends have like come off the car to, to show it transforming into like a different shape at oh, the same okay. time, right? So eventually, eventually super pursuit mode tops off at approximately i think it's 260 Two, miles per hour in the city <laughs> <laughs> he'd never be able to navigate no it's, <laughs> it's 
wild. I'm literally looking at it right now. And the way that they filmed it was that they just showed the speedometer going up and up and up and up and up and up and up. And then they show an outside shot of the car of it driving down a city street. I mean, it's clearly not doing 260 <laughs> miles per hour. Oh, my God. And oh. the way he's holding on. Or for like dear life. Is, no, he's holding on completely casually. Oh, like nothing yeah. is happening. But he's just run of the mill for him. <laughs> yeah, he's like looking out the window. Oh, he's fixing waving. his hair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. That, but dude, that's the Hoff, though, man. He oh, I know it's, not, it's the eighties. Unfazed, the unfazed. <laughs> Two sixty, child's play. Child's play. <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. That oh. one, uh, that has to be one of my favorite implausible. And I know it's not a movie, but implausible, you know, movie slash TV scenarios because it's just it's so ridiculous. Like that, it's it, it it's it's actually so ridiculous. It loops all the way back around to like cool. Well, like 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 fun to watch. Oh, 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 okay. Almost comical. Yeah, like it's you're like, oh, you're like 260. I get it. I almost as if the writers were in on the joke. No, dude. I think they were just subject to the the technology they had. Like the 1980s. Yeah, like they just couldn't make it look any better. Although, I mean, I mean no. You know what? No, I'm I'm not giving them that because Star Wars came out in like 76 or something like that. And that looked really good. I mean, th those, really good. Right. Like, like remember they were like doing the little uh, jet buggy things through the, through the forest in like the early, like eighties were yeah, the, the speeders. Yeah. Yeah. That looked great. They looked like they were going fast and they did look like they were going fast. Yeah. So no, I, they don't get a pass. No pass. They used to no, no, pa no, no pass for Knight Rider. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, but I think what's funny about that scene though too is like, I love how they just pushed it though. Like they could have just made super pursuit mode like 130 miles per hour, right? Or 150. And one of the writers was like, no, 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 no that's not nearly fast enough. They're well, like, what do you want? You like go? what? 180? No, 170? No. no. 260. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Like that's really fast, man. Like I know. <laughs> like he could he could kill hundreds of people driving down the street like that. <laughs> yeah, like the first any object he hit, the car would be pulverized like it would be yeah. gone yeah like, but whatever it, he runs into he's yeah it's just it, but I, I think it's so iconic of the night right it's so iconic of 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 the of of the hoff the yeah. hot the hot the hoff the yeah. hoff the hoff, yeah <laughs> in the 1980s that's what i love about it though mm -hmm. oh that's great <laughs> oh my god all right we got about uh we got about 15 minutes left joe let's uh let's do our last little bit here which is uh for for camping season for the upcoming Season of camping. Everybody we have, we have no except you. We have no intro for camping season. No, we don't. Um, no, actually, you're not alone in, in the whole, like, you know, hate camping thing. I, I think, don't, so I don't hate camping. I just don't like it. Yeah, I think a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people, even camping people, hate camping at a certain point. Like, when we go out, it's it, like we're so pumped to go. And, you know, the amount of work involved is, is quite a bit. And once you're there and you're enjoying yourself, like it's great for a couple of days. And then, then even, even the most excited campers after like three nights in a tent, you're done. Like you're ready to go You home. start to miss, you start to miss everything, the rest of the world. Yeah. Couch, your TV, electricity, you know, but when you, when you camp in a camper, it's definitely way easier. And, Cause you still have some luxuries like, you know, a shower and a bathroom and, 
uh, yeah. you know, a couch, a television, you know, stuff like that, a stove, a sink. You know, when you go primitive camping, you're definitely leaving a lot of luxuries behind. And, uh, but yeah, so when you do go, if you are a, uh, a tent camper or thinking about maybe camping for the first time with your, you know, friends or significant other, whatever, we found a list for you. Some things to not yeah. forget when you go. So oh, cool. oh, can I start with the first one? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. What'd you find the for tent. the first one? The What's tent. the first one? Tent? tent. You should bring the tent. <laughs> I think that would kind of go without saying, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't forget your tent. I will say if you, if you're like a, if you've been camping and you've been dragging the old, you know, same tent along for, for several years, not a bad idea to get it out and buy uh, these cans of uh, waterproofing stuff and, and re-waterproof it every so often. It helps. Trust so me. So wait, what are you, are you, just, are you where, what are you putting the waterproofing stuff on? On just your tent. Like, all, just all over the tent. Yeah. Yeah, because what will happen, like most tents out of, you know, factory out of the bag, they're, they're waterproofed. So after a period of time, you know, use them so, you know, years, that waterproofing will eventually just kind of like be non-existent anymore. And when it starts to rain, inevitably when you're camping, uh, right, right. Uh, your walls are going to leak. It's going to be coming through places. So yeah, you definitely want to, uh, you know. So, well, wait a minute. I, that, this makes me question something as a non-camping person. Mm -hmm. I would assume that most tents are generally waterproof already. Are they not? They are when you buy them, but after a period of time, they will start to become not waterproof anymore. But it's, and it's not because of like literal holes. In no. Them. It's because they actually start to degrade in terms of their, they, they start to become more permeable. Yes. So yeah, so you got you to re-spray re them with the, the oh, stuff to I, make them waterproof again. I didn't know that. And you know what? You heard it right here on the Gen Extra podcast. You better respray your tent. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> What's the next thing you see on your list? Besides, okay, okay, so there's some obvious ones we can skip over, like a sleeping bag. <laughs> That's on my list. And, and the tent. Yeah, sleeping bag and tent. Check. <laughs> okay, so this is, okay, so this gets into, this next one gets into the whole, like, I think convenience camping, mm -hmm. but I would say I, I, I would bring one. I would bring one because I don't want to make this any harder. This is one of those portable camping kitchens or portable camping stoves. What do you think about those? Yeah, those are pretty great. They are heavy. They're bulky. Uh, but once you have it where you're camping, like obviously there's different kinds of camping. There's, there's, you know, pull the car up, unload your stuff where you're camping. That would be a great yeah. situation to take one. Uh, I feel like backpacking camping you're not going to be dragging this thing for like a seven mile hike through the woods. Uh, that's totally different. I'm talking about you're going to like, a, you know, somewhere <clears throat> that you can offload, you know, your vehicle or a boat, you know, close to where you're camping. So yeah, that would be something that would be useful. Well, wait, a, you may be, so here's a question for you though. As someone who camps, I'm seeing small versions of these camping kitchens that are only one or two burners big. Is that what you're referring to? Anything like that, you're not going to take on a hike with you. Like they make okay. very. Are they just, this is are too they much. just too heavy? Yeah. Oh yeah. When you're hiking and camping, you have to go with the absolute lightest pack possible, and they okay. do make very very small cook things like where you're, you know, like a small propane or butane or, uh, you know, whatever it may be, in a small little one burner about the size of the top of a coffee can. You know, that, like a, that's that's what I'm. That's that's some of these are like right. They're only one or two burners big. Yeah, some are really teeny good for that. But no, if you're going to a place where you can set up shop, you know, and offload your car, like I said, right there. Yeah, man, they make like full camping kitchens where it's got like a countertop. 
uh, you know, cooktop. It's got shelves on it. Like they're pretty elaborate. And, you know, that, that's pretty bougie to take along with you, but uh, it, it would be awesome. Bougie. We've gotten into official bougie camping. Yeah. Oh, we take, do we take a portable toilet with us? I think we've talked about this Real, before. Really? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. So wait a minute. That, that's the one you have to mention now because you just said it. Yeah. So, yeah, we take a, uh, we take a portable like shower house for camping and a bucket with a toilet seat lid on it. Uh, right, oh, right now, right okay, now it, okay. it, it, yeah. And you're probably, you're probably disgusted. I'm um, not going camping ever. <laughs> but you use these biodegradable bags that are made out of like cornstarch or something like that. This just keeps getting worse. Yeah. So when you do your, your business, uh, you can take the bag and you throw it off in the woods somewhere. And then oh, uh, next, so it's year, actually, next year it's so, gone. So technically, and I, I agree, I'm, I don't think it's a big deal. Technically, you're not littering because it is a corn. It's just like throwing corn out there. It's a cornstarch bag, right? Yeah. Is that what you said? Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure exactly. Like, I'm pretty, I mean, it says biodegradable cornstarch bag. So, yeah, I mean, it works. It's fine. And you got to, you got to, you know, hurl your, hurl your morning business, at, you know, through the woods. This just keeps getting worse. <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, yeah. So what else is on here too? Oh, like, obviously like flashlights, you know, you're going to want something, uh, yep. you know, to be able to see in the dark. Don't forget a lighter, you know, if you're going to start some campfires. Oh, huge. Right. Huge. Right. You got to bring your lighter. got to bring your flashlights. Yeah. You know, one, perhaps something to start a fire, you know, uh, a roll of newspaper, something to get it going would, would be, would something be helpful. Easier than taking like just logs or, or larger sticks of some sort. Right. Yeah. You'll find, you know, when you're camping, you'll find, find sticks and stuff like that. If you're going to a campground, you have to bring your own, like your own firewood with you. Uh, but no, normally you can find enough crap laying around. You can burn, uh, but yeah, camping chairs, another big one. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I have a I, I've got one here. I wanted to ask you if you think it's worth it. Yeah. As, as somebody who camps a lot, what I keep seeing recommended recommended on these camping sites are these bulky like Yeti and Cabela coolers that have like the like the rubber straps on them that hmm. that like they that they can just be filled with like tons of food and and whatever like and ice obviously, and, but they're like the bulkier, heavier ones. Again, man, like that's like. Depends on where depends, you're going, right? Yeah, because I mean, when you do go camping, you need, you know, especially if you're going with a, like a group of people, uh, yeah, yeah, you're gonna have coolers all over the place. So that, that is one downside: is you have to, uh, you know, you, you got to go for ice, and we we always we have an ice run every day when we're camping. So we got to get in the boat, go dock the boat, climb all the stairs, get to your car, drive into town, go buy some ice, come back, carry it down the stairs, put it on the oh, boat, geez. take it back over to camp. And Wait, so you're so you have ice this entire time, but you've got it in something. I'm assuming so you're not just carrying that bag around. Yeah, well, it depends. Like we might take a cooler, like a wheel cooler or something, um, with you. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, we're we're having to transport uh, ice every day, uh, back and so, forth to camp. Okay, well, forth to camp. I'm not <laughs> one way. We're not taking it back. <laughs> right, camp. right. You're like everyone, take the ice home. Yeah. Uh, so, but okay. So that means to me, as someone who doesn't camp. For me, that means that, like, even if you brought and lugged that big old cooler in there with ice in it, are you saying, like, for like a three day trip, that's not enough ice with no. multiple people? No, especially if you're camping in, you know, July and it's hot. Yeah. That, okay. That ice is going to, you know, it's going to be gone. You're, it's going to melt. Got it. Yeah. It's kind of a, kind of a pain. Like I said, this is not easy camping, uh, but we, we really enjoy it. It's, it's just different because it's not, 
something about not having it's like the adventure you know you, you don't have the yeah, luxury it's the adventure of it yeah it's fun i enjoy it a lot and uh you know depending on you know what you're doing as well most likely you're going to want you know your phone you know even if it's just to make phone calls or you know whatever mm -hmm. it may be as uh, long as you have service obviously yeah uh you know or to send a text back home you know whatever it might be but anyway right. bring bring a power bank like I usually bring like three of them. Oh yeah, and you can and those and those are so affordable now. Oh dude, I just I picked up another one this year. It's a it's a forty thousand milliwatt hour power bank, and I think I got it for like twenty seven dollars. I have to admit too that even though I don't camp that much, I love the fact that these power banks have become so affordable that you can take them on almost any trip or take them anywhere you need, and they last a really long time. Yeah, like this one it. If you just if you're just recharging your phone, uh, I think it does 27 full recharges on an, on an iPhone. So which is so is but there's only two outputs on it. So you know you can only do two at a time. Um, right. But yeah, when you got a bunch of people camping with you, so that's why we take like three of them with us. Uh, you know, because inevitably somebody's like, "Hey, you got a power? You got you got a power bank? You got a power yeah, bank? You got, you got power? Yeah." yeah. <laughs> so somebody's always looking for a charge on their phone. Yeah, power banks are huge. Lanterns, you know, another good one. Uh, oh. Yep. Pro tip for me too, when we're camping, I have like two or three battery powered fans. Battery powered. So the ones that like you see people in amusement park lines holding up next to their face. Oh no, those are teeny. No, these are like, like eight. I think they're eight inch fans, like a, like, so, like a desk size oh, fan. I, okay. So not the tiny ones, but something you can put on like a little table or something. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we'll take those with us and, uh, those will also be you know, we'll recharge those uh, about on the second night. We'll recharge them. Uh, but I like, you know, especially if it's hot out, man, like the tent gets warm even in the nighttime. Uh, you need some air flowing around. Uh, yeah, take a battery-powered fan. Pro tip. I guess that is not something I would have ever thought of mm -hmm. because I'm thinking, I'm just thinking like, oh, you're outside, you're camping. Who's running a fan in the middle of the woods? We but are. <laughs> what you're saying is that you do find it Useful, like oh, legitimately dude. useful that you lug this fan to your camping site. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because if you're one of those people like we are, if you go to sleep with your ceiling fan on or the air conditioner, and then you go to lay down in camp. Okay, okay. And there is zero ambient noise. Oh, you're an ambient noise person. Yeah, and there's no air moving. That's like a recipe for not a good night's sleep for me. So just having that fan noise and having the air moving around the tent. Oh, dude, game changer. Just, yeah, I, I could see that. I could definitely see that. Yeah. Do we, so, mention, we mentioned chairs. That's a big Well, one. I was going to say, speaking of sleeping, one of the things I do see recommended here is that you actually bring one of these floating cots. Like they they kind of unfold and they're and it's a, like a, I don't know how to describe it. It's basically like a, like a bed yeah. almost like a bed frame, mm -hmm. but it's like a, it's like a cot with like a, like a rubberized surface yeah. and you can just kind of like lay in it and it, but it's off the ground. Yeah. They make those too. It's, it's a little platform and then you have a roll out, uh, roll out mat that you put on top of it. Yeah. What do you think of those? I've often thought about doing that because they're, they're nice as far as, you know, they're mobile. Like you, they come in like a bag, you just carry them. Like we drag right. air mattresses around. Which is really nice to sleep on too. Like I said, I, I just fixed mine, but okay. Uh, you also have to take a battery-powered air mattress pump and extra batteries when you go. 
because oh it, for the air mattress yeah yeah so like they make the hand pump ones but those are so obnoxious to use uh six you know, hours later yeah where you, you hear somebody that didn't bring the pump with them and, the, and they got the stupid hand ones like, pew, pew, <laughs> like from inside their tent for like an hour <laughs> it would be so aggravating yeah oh they're horrible uh but no so yeah you have to bring extra batteries because you're even if you have your a brand new air mattress like it's going to lose air at some point it's just going to start at some point right they don't they don't hold it infinitely or perfectly yeah, yeah. so you're going to have to pump it back up again and like I said, bring more batteries because you know the last thing you want to do is find out that uh you know you're getting hot dog bun and you got dead batteries and you're kind of stuck uh but yeah what what else what else do you bring hammocks maybe if, if you got trees and you want a couple hammocks um uh, yeah man like we drag so much stuff over you know bluetooth speakers for you know for entertainment for music yeah tons of stuff man tons of stuff Food. Oh, I, there was there was definitely things in that list that I, or I, you know, our list that I I probably would have not have guessed right off the bat. But of course, I don't camp, so you know, I, I'm still learning. I'm still learning the trade here. Yeah, but f- like I said, food's a big one too. You, know, you have to plan out your food to you know to a certain point because you can't take you know too much stuff. You can't get too elaborate with your meals. Uh, so you know. Having yeah. having things like you know brats and hot dogs and you know hamburgers stuff that packs up you know pretty tight, right? Uh, like potato chips, it's really hard to to take like bags of chips camping. Well, it's just gonna get crunched inside whatever you're carrying, right? Yeah, oh, they can crunch easily, and they also draw damp pretty easily. So if you have a bag out and you know someone doesn't you know seal it up pretty tight, you know within a matter of like an hour or two, you know you got some you know, relatively shitty chips. Uh, so we like to pack uh, like Pringles, you know, stuff that has a, has a lid. Or like, oh yeah. Good, good, good choice. Yeah. Or Lay's makes the kind that has, they come in like a plastic container. Uh, so they're, you know, they're not going to crush real easy and you can also seal them back up. So they're still good later. So yeah, there you go. More, more pro tips <laughs> for camping. Well, and you know what? That's, I appreciate the fact that you're actually able to give those pro tips on, on camp because you guys go consistently. Like it's not something like you do like, you know, every like 10 years or something. I mean, you guys try to go just about every year, right? Yeah. Also take some, uh, I take a, I take a big thing of, uh, like 550 cord. Is that just rope of some sort? Yeah. It's, it's like, uh, it's like parachute cord. It's, you know, relative. Oh, oh, the, is that kind of stretchy? Yeah. It's a little about, bit. Yeah. It's about as thick as like, uh, you know, like a USB cable, you know, wire. Um, okay. not super heavy duty. But it's it'll hold 550 pounds is where the name comes from or comes from. But but I'll take some of that because I'll string it across like multiple trees, uh, okay. usually about like seven feet off the ground, so nobody clotheslines himself. Right, right. Because uh, inevitably, if you're camping, I guess it depends on where you're camping. But we you know we camp right beside the lake, so we're all in the water all the time. And okay, so gonna, someone's gonna get wet. You're gonna want a place to hang your towel, so you gotta have a yeah, you gotta have a clothesline. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All these tips. Yeah, there you go. I don't know how much more people want to hear about our, our camping uh, uh, tips, but uh, you got some out of me. And uh, I don't even know how many we pulled from that list, but I gave a whole bunch that I figured would be pretty useful. Well, let me let me ask you something. Let me ask you the reverse of that. Mm-hmm. Has there ever been anything that you or other people have taken camping that you said, that was dumb, we shouldn't have taken that with us? Or it's it's not like it was dumb, but it just didn't work out, or we shouldn't use that out here because it doesn't make any sense. Um, no, man, because like I mean, obviously there's going to be things that that are you know deemed maybe excessive. Sure. 
but you know, like we, we even take, uh, Carrie's brother and sister. They, they take a, they take a grill, like a small, like Coleman grill takes. Oh, even more so than the stove. They actually get the the grill out there. Yeah. Yeah. You have to take a grill because every time you cook, you don't want to have to be subjected to the fire. Like, so if you want to cook up a couple brats or something and the fire looks like crap, you don't want to be like, Oh, Got to get this fire going. Got to get some coals. Got to get right, right. hasn't been, hasn't been on all day, so then you got to start it. Yeah. So yeah, just having uh, having the grill right there to kind of cook at your leisure is really nice. I get it. Okay, I get it. That makes sense. I I guess so. I here I would never want to lug the thing out there, but I'm sure I I'm sure to get it out there is absolutely worth it. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's great to have. So yeah, there you go. I think we're we're you know at, at the roughly at the hour mark, Joe. So, all right. What do you think? You think we had to call this one? Well, I, I think we I think we hit a lot of interesting subjects today, but more so than anything, if you need camping advice, you call Dave. Yeah, there you go. Actually, we should mention too that we are going to take next week off uh, for the uh, for the holiday break for the Fourth of July. So I hope everybody has a has a wonderful Fourth of July weekend, and uh, you know, stay safe, enjoy yep. yourself, don't get too hungover, <laughs> yeah, and don't forget to look up. Should be lots of fireworks. Yeah. Yeah, so enjoy, guys. So, like I said, we'll see you uh, not next week, but uh, most likely the week after. Talk to you then. Yep. See you soon. <laughs>